All right. Awesome. What's going on, dude? Nice to meet you. Greg, right? Yes, sir. Nice to meet you, too. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. You know, it's a Saturday. There's oh. uh, There were just plumbers at my house. So. It's got those Saturday feels, man. It's like it's the weekend, but then I feel like I've done so much already. It's like my kids woke me up early. Sick. Uh, yeah, I, I got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and the first thing my oldest son wants to do in the morning is steal my laptop and play uh, Roblox, and then somehow I get on my computer and my like audio settings, everything's destroyed, like messed up and all disorganized. I'm like, how did this happen? I'm like, I don't know. So it's like, uh, it's just been a crazy morning. But anything for the Roblox, though. I know anything for the Roblox, man. But hey, dude, do I you- appreciate you coming on and talking with me, dude. This is a like, this is awesome. Yeah, no problem, man. And I so there's no pressure on you today, but you're okay. I, I am wanting to learn a lot about metal from you. Okay. Because because um I've been kind of going through this like renaissance of music lately where I've talked to like multiple different artists, different genres of music, and growing up, I was pretty unfamiliar with a lot of metal. Right. Yeah. Like I knew a lot of like the classic rock bands that I guess like the the Metallica's, um, yeah, legacy stuff. Legacy stuff that's kind of like, like, kind of like early on. Um, yeah, not too familiar with kind of like the, kind of like punk rock scene of metal from yeah. like the seventies and eighties, but kind of like you know what people would expect to be mainstream. And um, so, I, because growing up, my brother, my older brother, uh, was my brother's a drummer, so he was like listening to Metallica, kind of learning how to play the drums from just listening to their music on the headphone, like on headphones and kind of copying uh, their music and became really good at it. So he was kind of like my only resource really totally. uh, growing up listening to metal. Cause my parents, they were, they're kind of like redneck hick white people who really enjoy classic country music, like Dolly Parton yeah. and Willie Nelson. Beautiful. Also you know, love that. Same, same. And, you know, so growing up, I was like, I was friends with a lot of people who like were really big into metal, but it was kind of like the genre of music I was, I would say I was intimidated with because I didn't quite understand it, you know? And at the time I was, I was really into like, uh, old school hip hop and, and, uh, kind of classic R and B old versions of music. And lately from, just listening to a lot of local punk rock bands and getting in. I was re- turned on to you by Soren Bryce. You know Soren? Yeah. Love, love Soren's music. Oh, dude, amazing a, songwriter. Amazing songwriter. Amazing person. That woman is a gem, dude. Yeah, she's so sick. I met her randomly a couple of years ago. Uh, my drummer was on tour with the same tour party that Soren was in. Uh, I think she was playing some fill-in stuff. Mm-hmm. and ended up meeting then and then saw her a couple times and then randomly she hit me up and was like do you still do remixes and i was like absolutely that's uh, awesome so she wrote you it was like hey i want to use that's cool that's so awesome to be contacted by friends and people that want to work with you absolutely yeah and i love soren's music outside of it so it's like you know when soren hit me up i was like yeah like i don't do remixes that often but for this circumstance i absolutely will do one so 
Yeah, because like going to when she introduced, we were talking and she's asked me if I've heard of you. And I was like, you know, I'm not really too familiar with a lot of like metal bands, especially local metal bands. And she's yeah. like, oh, you got to listen to King's music. Like, you'll love it. <laughs> like, it's something it's something that you've never really heard before. It's kind of its own unique sound. She's like, I'll let you listen to it yourself and kind of get, kind of wrap your uh, head around it and see what you think. And I was like, cool. And then uh, kind of at the same time, you did the remix of Soak. Yep. So I was like. I was listening to uh, your most recent album yeah. that came out in May. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I was like, I, I, I'm pretty familiar with Youth Code because my wife is a huge My Chemical Romance fan. Okay, yep. And when we went to their show at the Moda Center here in Portland, they opened up for them. Yep. And I, you know, and I, I never heard of them until that day. And at the time, coming up to that moment, because like, I, I, like, I, I guess the genre of music they perform is considered like industrial. Is that? Yeah. So absolutely completely unfamiliar with that. Right. Yeah, totally. So so we get to the show and we're already like, God, four or five drinks in, right? Like we pregame so much. Like you got to see my cam. How do you not do that? Yeah. Yeah. And like the thing I, I I knew who my chemical romance is, you know, they're pretty iconic, but my wife is like, this has been a diehard fan since she was a kid. And early before, uh, we went to the gorilla show, like when yeah. uh, they were at the motor center and my wife saw the banner going across. She's like, Oh my God, my chemical romance is going to be here on this day. And I was like, you want to go? I know you love them. But I was like, I mean, my chemical romance hasn't done a tour in forever and we've never seen them. Let's go. So we got the yeah. tickets. Like we got, we bought the tickets while we we're waiting in our seats for the show to start at the gorilla show. That's sick. And that's kind of like something that brought me and my wife together is that we were like mutual fans of gorillas. And like, I, you know, I knew about Damon, like uh, when he was with blur, I was a huge blur fan. Absolutely. And uh, so I was like, uh, went to that show, bought those tickets while we're sitting there in the bleachers. And then when we end up going to the My chemical romance show, youth code comes out and it's like, dude, dude on his, uh, on his computer with like doing his thing, uh, her performing and her voice, dude, like yeah hearing her Sarah's voice, a shredder dude she was i was just like oh my god that was like for one you're doing this in an arena right like yeah. this is like i i would imagine how loud and awesome this would be in like a small venue or even a theater but you're able to belt out and scream like that in an arena and it sounds amazing yeah they're they're such a crazy like both of them like are so good at what they do it's crazy they're like they're like my siblings at this point. Like I was just talking to Sarah earlier today. Some of my best friends in the whole world, but yeah, love youth code. Oh dude. And that, that was the moment where I was like, I developed this huge appreciation for it. And I was like, Oh, maybe I just wasn't open-minded enough. I didn't allow myself to kind of dive in because I was kind of on the surface level of just hearing what I was given by people around me. I didn't get into the culture or just like look into like, what are the possibilities of this and like, where can this go? And when I heard that, I was like, I was like, oh, I got to look way more into this. So meeting, do you know who uh, Jonah P is from Palomino Joyride? Uh Uh-uh. So I met him kind of uh, mutually through Soren as well. And he's a local artist here. Okay. And uh, me and him become really good friends. And he's really into like uh, uh, punk, punk rock, metal, alternative indie, shoegaze. He's like, he's introduced me into like so many genres of music I was unfamiliar with. And um, so I've been getting into like music that I never really heard of up until meeting him and him recommending stuff to me. That's beautiful. 
Oh, dude, it's it's been the best experience. Like this whole, it feels like I've. This might sound cliche, but I feel like I've grown as a person. And I mean, <laughs> it's dude, I'm, I'm always saying that, like music. Uh, you know, like there's things I listened to like five years ago that I did not like it when I heard it for the first time. But I feel like every single thing you ever listen to, every single song, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, it's like a, a building block to understand another thing that you haven't found yet. That's what you know it what feels I mean? like it is. It seems like a piece of a puzzle that's kind of building mm-hmm. itself together. And then something that you listened to before kind of gives you a better understanding of this. It's like yep. I never even had a, an appreciation for country music until the last year. You know, like oh, going up, all, all I was listening to was like Garth Brooks, George Strait, Waylon yep. Jennings, Willie Nelson, The Outlaws, Johnny Cash. And then modern country came and I was like fed that for a while. They kind of stepped away for like years. I haven't really cared much for like modern country in years just because it's, it's kind of poppy now. It's, it's pop not, music. Yeah. It's, it's pop music with a Southern accent. Yeah. And, and so like, then you listen to certain types of music, different genres of music, different genres of rock. And then that gives you an appreciation for something else and shows you the building block of how that's built or the skills that it takes to perform that. None of of it's easy. Like, like, and I love listening to something when it seems like the performers made it really made it look easy, even though it's obviously sounds extremely difficult to make. And that's kind of like where I got from your music was like, this is really complex stuff with amazing sounds, (laughs) kind of like with an influence of hip hop and like with a lot of these different things tied in and uh, kind of trying to understand you and like, how did he get to this? Like, what what was his interest, life experience growing up that got him into like this kind of like <laughs> a genre that kind of seems like it's your own, but yeah. influences from everything you've grown up and listened to? Like, uh, growing up, what kind of music were you listening to? Um, I think, yeah, so like I developed into like where I am now through like very niche things. I think one of the biggest influences on my, like my music and myself is that um, like I grew up in Southern Oregon. Oh, what part? Uh, I'm from a town called Rogue River. Rogue River. That sounds familiar because I've driven to California before and I don't know if that's along the way. It's literally, yeah, it's just a sign. Oh, (laughs) there's two stoplights in the whole. That's cool, man. But so I grew up like a, pretty you know far away from things so um you know i always talk about the fact that like if you grow up in like a city or next to a metropolitan area you can like partake in a scene yeah easier to get involved yeah so i didn't have that but within that i didn't have any of like the gatekeepy stuff you know so it's like uh, even within metal or hardcore or like you know the subgenres it's kind of like there's like taboo things you know Mm -hmm. like if you're like a real metal listener you don't like this you know, or like you like real punk rock. You don't like that. You know, yeah. I didn't have any of those taboos. You didn't have because, like those restrictions or people telling you like all because you're part of this scene. It's a proper or not. You can't listen to this. You have restrictions. Absolutely. So it was just like, you know, I'm very much like a product of like my time frame of growing up. Like the Internet was first becoming the thing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I used to just like rigorously just like sit on YouTube and just like dig through music. And then my parents are very young. So like my mom was like an industrial head, you know, like mm-hmm. I grew up with like, you know, the nine inch nail skinny puppy sort of ministry vibe. And then my dad is like, um, 
was a rocker, you know, like listen to metal, but he was a teenager when Pantera came out. Oh, good times. Yeah. So like for my dad, like that was kind of his thing. He watched like new wave of British heavy metal. So like Metallica. So your parents were like, like really involved in the music. Like they were stepped they just, steeped in it. They just were young. Yeah. You know what I mean, so it's like, you know, I would say my parents necessarily like they haven't kept up with music now, but like my parents young influences on me were like, super impactful you know so like uh my stepdad also was a rapper so wow. i spent time in like the studio when i was like a little kid a little bit when he was tracking and that was pretty impactful for my my music taste but so it was oh, like yeah. kind of this amuse bouge of like my parents have always been very open about art you know like one of my earliest memories is like going to sam goody with my mom and grabbing a clean version of a cd I was like an eight-year-old because I was like, I shouldn't listen to cuss words. That's like what most people would do. And they, and I, I feel like, do they even do that now? Like, I, I think, think they Wal- make clean edits, but only for radio. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, because Walmart used to do the thing. If you wanted to buy like a CD from Walmart, they were all edited. Yeah. So like, well, I don't I, think that I don't think that matters anymore. I don't think so either. It was like you have so much access to it. Like, if you want the, you know, you want the cuss words. Like everybody's heard it. Do you ever but, like come across a song? Like I'll be listening to a song either through a shuffle and I hear it'll, I can hear the word blurted out or like just censored. And I'm kind of uncomfortable now. Like I'll listen to it. I'm like, that's kind of unnecessary. Like, <laughs> like now when I hear an edited song, I'm like, you just ruined the song by just silencing the, the F word. Dude, that was like, so that was my biggest takeaway is buying that CD. And I went up to the counter with my mom. And my mom looked at the CD I got and she said, you got the clean version. Wow. Your mom's tight. And, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, that's not the way they want you to hear it. Like if the artist wanted to write the song that way, they would have wrote it that way. Like you should go get the explicit one. Yeah. And I was like an eight or nine years old, but I think that like little moment specifically altered the whole. I, I had the same thing because I remember like listening to a song and that happening and being like, they wrote the song for yeah. these words to be in it. This yeah. That's takes the intention away from the song. Yeah, absolutely. If it has an attitude or a certain expression and a point they're trying to get across, if you don't, if you're missing about six or seven words that are supposed to be in the song, that ruins the song. Yeah, absolutely. That's the same way with my kids. And the funny thing is, I like, I won't blunt, I won't like, when we're driving through the car, like, I, my oldest son has high functioning autism. So, like, okay. if music is too loud, it kind of affects him, but he still yeah. enjoys it. So, like, I, I can't turn stuff up super loud, but like, I just play music around them because, yeah. and then not make a big deal about it. It's like, if I make a big deal, like, oh, you can't listen to this or keep you from like experiencing this, then that's going to, I felt like they're not going to learn from that. They're, I'm restricting no. them from having access to certain art. Yeah. I also feel like too, like everybody I knew that I like grew up with where like their parents were like, you can't read Harry Potter because it's like witchcraft. That's my wife. You know? My wife grew up kind of in an extreme religious environment and she didn't watch cartoons until she was 15, dude. Yeah, exactly. And everybody I know that grew up like that goes harder. Yeah, she does. Once they finally get it, you know? When she was no longer living with her parents, she went crazy. I mean, I benefit from most of those things. But, like, she's, like, over the top about, like, the stuff that she likes. She's really into anime and music. Yeah, and I Like, I, I, you feel for them because you're like, man, growing up, we got cartoons. We had the internet. We got to, like... Yeah do whatever we wanted, look up stuff. And she didn't even get to do it till she was a teenage girl. That's rough stuff. 
Yeah, that's crazy. But see, me and you, we grew up at this time where like we were I, I honestly wish I, I've contemplated because I've really gotten to videography and like watching documentaries and I've contemplated doing a documentary on um, kind of like the beginning audio, like digital audio filing, like where the beginning of the Internet started uh, and like in the early 2000s where people were like downloading music illegally and uh, going on like LimeWire and discovering because it's not just music. I've learned Absolutely. this is that LimeWire was a renaissance for a lot of kids getting porn. Right. So yep. like there's that huge effect of like how is music and down music downloading uh, happening at this time, along with kids getting porn accidentally on LimeWire. And then yeah. like that whole thing. So like with you growing up and in, uh, in your town and kind of being isolated, because like it's got to be hard like if you wanted to go to this you had a store to go to you know yeah. like sam goody you had like these kind of central like those like i grew up i was born in a town called tulare california i'm not sure if you've ever heard of it mm -mm. so it's kind of the same thing it's a desert town where like full of dairies the only yeah. thing you have to do is go to the movie theater go to like it's the whole town is just filled with strip malls and all the typical stuff you get in a suburban area right yep and uh lived there for a few years and then moved to portland yeah my, my brother and sister are six to seven years older than me so they grew up on like country farm uh working out yeah. in the fields doing that thing i grew up in portland and went to school in lived in portland for 18 years of my life and so we're dramatically different people but i grew Absolutely. up around I, I i i was exposed to everything yeah. but i was kind of not a popular kid so what happened was like in high school I got really into music. I was really into choir. I was trying to like, uh, I was doing like a lot of singing on the side. I was really in kind of like this isolated smoke weed, listen to music, like watch art, learn about art, explore the city mode. And all I did was download music. I made so much money just downloading songs off LimeWire. I would say allegedly, because I don't know if I can tell you this. Allegedly. <laughs> but <laughs> I used to like allegedly sell uh, burn CDs to people. So I would like yeah. go on LimeWire, look up music that uh, I was like, oh, I haven't heard of this person. Download. Yeah, make a tape. Make a tape. And then I take it to school and then write like Greg's mix number five or like Reggie Watt, like Reggie's like hip hop mix on this date. And then they'd pay me for it. And that's kind of like, people were like, dude, you, where do you, like, I remember the day I just like at my school. Because I know I'm not the first person to listen to it, obviously, but I, I just I was I got really into really into Empire of the Sun whenever like they came out with like standing on the shore, walking on a dream yep. that whole time. I think it was like 2007 or 2008. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then Wiz Khalifa's remix popped up on LimeWire of walking on a dream and nobody at yep. my school heard of it. And Dude, then I, I remember the spread of Wiz Khalifa. That yeah. was a time. There was a time it was like a really quick spread too. Like I think oh, he yeah. went he went from like walking on a dream to black and yellow in like a year and a half. Yeah. B you know, like mainstream artists. You and then, like a year. But isn't that crazy? That was a weird time where like uh XXL, the source magazine, like they had like freshman freestyles and like freshman of the year. Yep. And those still I, like mattered. And it still mattered. I don't know yeah. anybody who's been on freshman of the year for like the last like ten years. Well, if they did, they were already famous. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There was nothing like, oh, you wouldn't have already heard of these people anymore. You know what I mean? It's more of like a we showcase people that are already popping. And that made people popping.
Like that, mm-hmm. like I remember it was the year where like I believe Wiz Khalifa, Childish Gambino, Charles Hamilton, it was like B.O.B., like yeah. Kid Cudi even. Um, yeah. All those guys were that year. So that was what was flooding my head. I was just like yeah. this kid that smoked weed and listened to day and night on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, dude. And like the up to, like Brooklyn girl from Charles Hamilton got into like Childish Gambino and had no idea he was Donald Glover, the comedian at the time, you know? And like, but it was kind of this time where it was a great a great time to be alive to discover music because you had this immediate access that you know you didn't have before and it was dramatically yeah. more convenient i mean if you were also hungry for it too like the avenues were there you know mm-hmm. even now i find like uh like the algorithms for things like just any sort of service are really like counterintuitive you know what i mean they feed you what you like what you like already yeah Instead of giving you something new. You just have to keep digging deeper into that layer and you'll yeah, get like, it eventually. Dude, I remember old YouTube, you know what I mean? Like 2008 YouTube, 2009 YouTube, where Love that you could YouTube. actually go through the recommended. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't just like, you know, so like if, say I listen to like a Black Sabbath album now, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to listen to a Black Sabbath song. Yeah. If I click on the recommended, it's going to be another Black Sabbath thing. And as I go through it, it eventually will all just be Black Sabbath. Exactly. Because it's like, you already like this thing. But back in the day, you listen to like a Black Sabbath record. There might be a Pantera album right there. You click on the Pantera album, it might show you a down record. Yep. You know, and as you go down this rabbit hole, it might take you to like something that has 65 views and is like this undiscovered gem. It is beautiful. like just for you. You know what I mean? You got to have like this thing to yourself. Like even though everybody can find it. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, there's like this, not the, I don't know. Everybody had the access, you know what I mean? But it was like, were you willing to like go through the maze to like to have your own little discovery? And now it's like, you can't even fucking do that. But in a way that kind of encourages to go see local stuff, you know, if you're, if absolutely, you're, if you have the luxury to be able to do so, like depending on where you live, but like, because it went from like that to where like, I did the same thing, but then you get like remixes, you know, you get like, yep. you listen to somebody's song and then you got another remix. And then another remix from an artist. And then it's, it just sends you down this rabbit hole. And now it's like, like it's like one thing it's kind of been a pet a P for me lately is like when you go on Spotify and you want to look up, like um, just discover new music yep. and it'll show different playlists and it'll show how many people listen to it. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm not discriminatory or anything. If someone's got like a million views, I've never heard of it. I'm going to listen to it anyway, just to, Peep it and see what it's totally. like. I'm not, I'm not uh, prejudiced against music in any form, but like that kind of. But then I'll be like, wonder how some, if some people get discouraged by that. Do they like because they're like there are people that want to look for like the most indie, like beginning following. They want to be there for the beginning yeah. for the build up. They kind yeah. of strive for that, and that kind of discourages it. But that also, in the same perspective, can show you like, oh well. I can look up local music and get involved that way. So yeah. I've noticed that people have been going out and seeing music more than they've ever been, especially post COVID. Cause they couldn't. Oh yeah, absolutely. Concerts were crazy for a while there. Oh dude. And like, uh, you know, I just talked to a, uh, a few bands that were kind of explaining to me, like probably a similar experience to what you've experienced during COVID, but like, you, you know, you're trying to, you're pushing your stuff. You're making music. You're trying to get out there and perform your stuff. And all of a sudden you're, they say, no, you can't like, 
stop. Yeah. You got to take a break for like a few years. We always joke about it. Like me and my friend group, like, uh, like uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite talking about the good old days. Yeah. But like March, 2020, they took everything from me. I was on top of the goddamn world. You know, like you just got back from Korea. You're like, Hey yeah. guys, you know, I've been through some shit. I had everybody to deal with some personal. Yeah. <laughs> Every single musician I know, like 2020 was the year they had stuff lined up, you know, like I was supposed to go perform in England for the first time, like in April of that year. Oh, you know? dude. Like I have other friends who were on tour like three days in for like their biggest tour yet who had to go home. So oh, it's, it's like, it's like having your just like the, like this excitement and dream just kind of like paused out of anything you have control over. Yeah. You know, I can imagine that feeling like, like at, you know, at the time I was, I just started the idea of doing a podcast. So it wasn't anything yet. And so if anything, it gave me more time to sit back and reflect on, you know, things that you kind of got distracted with in the world. I think that Absolutely. did it for a lot of every. Yeah, it was a good kinda, pause. It was a good pause. It was a much needed pause. It wasn't a comfortable pause. You no. know, like, you know, a lot of people, like I was fortunate that, you know, due to my job, I was able to keep my job. I wasn't laid off from anything. I was very grateful for how things turned out for me. I mean, absolutely. like, the, the you know, I did lose my mother during COVID and with non-COVID related stuff, like illness, but that was kind of like, I don't, I, I don't know if I would have sat back and evaluated my feelings and process stuff if I was just continuing to stay busy and didn't have the circumstance that forced me to kind of sit in myself and kind of get to know myself and process these feelings. Well, absolutely. And during COVID, I feel like everybody had to process something. And how do you process stuff? If you're a creative person, you, you, you get a, you get your pencil, you get on your computer, you get your instrument and you start building on that. You start trying to pass time and cause you have nothing else to do besides pass time. And, and I'm, in a way, it kind of exploded this kind of um, musical renaissance that I feel like we're getting types of music that we previously didn't have before because people had time to experiment and to write and to do some cool shit. And I think the last, like the from COVID opening up to now, and probably for the next, I would say five to 10 years, I think we're going to see like an amazing explosion of art. And it's already happening. I've, yeah, I've, absolutely. I always uh, think about it too. Like this is kind of a niche uh, mm -hmm. relation, but uh, like music, if you think about the like American recession of 2008 and that run of like four years after that. Yeah. There was a lot of amazing music that came out. Like starting basically at 2008, we had like some of the greatest records that would like define the 2010s and like oh yeah, you late had like 2000s. We had Oracular, Oracular, Spectacular from like MGMT came out. I think yeah. during that, that was a big boom for indie bands. Man on the Moon, yeah, yeah uh, like you know, that's like the the renaissance of everything that would like define the early 2010s and the mind late blown, 2000s. Bro. So, mind yeah. blown. I really uh, and, didn't even think about that. That's yeah. when like MIA got big and like Santa Gold released her album. Mm -hmm. Like it was like a very big indie explosion of artists. Yeah, Ooh. a lot of a lot of people were like, I feel like more open to like the consciousness of things. I always talk about how music like kind of goes in a way, but like things are really conscious. You know, it's a popular music like really addresses what's going on in the world. Yeah. And then people get over that really 
within a couple of years. It's and very, it's very, it takes a lot of energy, dude. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's an investment. Well, you think about like, uh, you know, even just more contemplative things like referencing Kid Cudi or like MIA, you know what I mean? Like MIA was making very, very politically conscious songs. Like for a while thing before is, that uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you think about everybody's like, oh yeah, like all of this stuff, we're consciously like thinking about everything that's going on in the world and like being aware. And then there's like this 2013 to 2015 transition mm-hmm. where we go from that is popular, like the Kendrick Lamar sort of thing. And I've got no beef. You know what I mean? I like, oh, dude, I like the other things, but you're going to laugh. But I noticed I, that, that that was a time when we got like Mumford and Sons and like Imagine Dragons. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and then rap music changed significantly, very yeah. rapidly. We went from, you know, the super conscious, like, this is what's going on in the world to like the exact opposite. And I, you know, the same thing happened in the 90s, transitioning to the 2000s. But yeah, do you like, feel the thing is though, I feel like that transition made a lot of money commercially. So like oh, it yeah. last it lasted way longer than it should have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like uh, you know, I think because of uh the access to phones that we all have, the how long like ad campaigns can run for like a niche genre to like make it mainstream is for a like lot three earlier. years on one ad yeah. campaign. You see it in Super Bowl commercials. Yeah, exactly. Like but yeah, I think anything is like a rejection of the last thing and it just repeats that cycle. You know, mm-hmm. you look at like late sixties rock, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, Zeppelin, like all of like the godfathers of like the like conscious hippie movement. And then you go into the seventies and there's still definitely like a lot of cool things happening. Don't get me wrong, but like commercially, you know, you're getting like a lot more like I I feel like it's a yacht rock, like yeah, you know, everything disco. is brighter. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, uh, I noticed this recently because I have some friends who are like Instagram influencers and no offense to them, but they're really into the seven, late seventies aesthetic, but more of like the Sonny and Cher kind of aesthetic. Yeah, Disco absolutely. balls are in everything. And I, I look at my wife one day and I'm like, you know, what? I'm tired of seeing disco balls and everything. And I'm like, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, let me, let me show you some feeds real quick. There's a person taking a picture of an orange background with a disco ball I'm yep. like, what is going on? And like, and then obviously the, you know, the popularity of thrift shopping. And then yep. so a disco ball is like in every thrift shopper's like marketing campaign yep. where they're throwing on a dress. And I'm just like, why are ladies obsessed with disco balls? I mean, I mean, there, there are things that you could like, I, yeah, I was just obsessing about it. And I was like, but now I feel like I'm a wit, like you ever witness a younger generation discover the shit that you discovered a long time ago? Oh, dude, I saw a TikTok. So I, I'm not that old. You know, what how I mean? old are you, like, by the I'm, way, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 25. Oh, you're mm-hmm. the same age as my wife. I'm 30. I'm going to be 32 in a week. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm not super young, but like, I'm like, right. I'm, so I'm literally first year Gen Z. You're at the best age, dude. <laughs> very, very comfortable age. But so, like, you know, I grew up in like you know i would say my most formative years probably like 2007 on yeah yep you know but um i saw a tiktok recently of this kid you know and he looks like a young skater Mm -hmm. and he was like this would have been such an awesome time for him to grow up in and then he does like a montage and it's like the viva la bam intro the jackass intro tony (laughs) hawks like underground two uh-huh. And then, like, Tony Hawk's American Wastelands. <laughs> and I was like, 
I, was like, I lived it, bro. That long- I was like, that wasn't that long ago, dude. Like, I'm not that old. And that was like just a moment ago. Because, you know, dude, but- wait, it's going to be five years, dude. There'll be a documentary about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 and a PS2, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. I have a lot of younger siblings, though, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of my favorite things to do is, like, I'll hang out with, like, you know, I go see- visit my family or something. My little brother brings his friends over. And I'll just ask them, how do you find music? Yeah. And it's like always such an interesting question. Do they have because like, like, is it all the same thing or do they have different outlets? Like they go to they have different outlets. So like one of my little brother's friends was like, Oh, I use TikTok because people are always using little snippets of songs. So I can like find a song and then like follow it basically. Yeah. yeah. And then some of them are like, Oh, I only use Spotify or like some of them were like, I like to use YouTube and like, you know, click through or like I'm only on Apple music and sometimes Apple music recommends me things. So like my yeah. friends show me stuff. But so it's like, you know, it's different for sure. I don't think it, I've it's ever more used, or less the same. It is. It is it's just different like, like avenues to get your stuff, you know? Yeah. Like absolutely. it's weird that like, because um, there were, you know, in, when we were younger, I would say like I was, I was a senior in high school in 2009. Okay. So like everybody at that time was just wanting to throw a house party every, like every, yeah. all the time because it was like, it was a year or two after like Project X came out. And everybody I knew was trying to throw like this epic oh, dude, event. I remember that time frame. Right? So everybody many fights. That. And like <laughs> so many fights. Oh my God. There's like so many fights, so many car accidents. Everybody trying to find a place in the woods that they could throw like a fucking rager. Yep. And, and then and like everybody had like the same 10 songs in their playlist, like day and night. The, Pursuit the of Steve Happiness. Aoki Steve Aoki. Everybody saw him um, when he came out. I saw him live in like 2010. You know what I mean? <laughs> sick. Yeah, that and remix like, is like such. I feel like I have war flashbacks from that remix. You know what I mean? Like it same, turns on, dude. and I'm just like, oh god. I've had so many broke. I've had so many like jammed toes and like black eyes during that time. Just not even caused intentionally by anybody. It's just like it's not a fun time. And like you know, but there was like a freedom about it, and and it sounds cliche. But like every generation's got it, you know, and this generation, we can look back and be like, oh, you know, I wish they got their stuff this way or didn't get their music on TikTok. And like you become it's hard to not become the old man, you know, Totally. and I have I to think, fight against that. I think for me, like, uh, you know, I'm like my friends, like jokingly call me an old head. Yeah. Know? And I'm like but one of the kind, youngest people in my friend like a, group. That's more like a spirit thing. Like yeah, just like my my taste or like things I do or don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah, or like you were like an old man sometimes, dude. But <laughs> I think for me, like when I look at like the state of like the way kids are discovering music, like there's always gonna be, you know what I mean? Like there's always gonna be some kids that are doing some shit where you're like, oh, you're an idiot. That's, yeah, you know, it just is what it is. Like, it is what it is. It's part of growing up, dude. And there's the B side though of like you know, just like me, I grew up in a state of things where there was like not a lot of gatekeeping yep and now kids have more access to everything you know so like a lot obviously of direct access. Kids who, yeah that's like you know they're not gonna understand it or you know those videos you see where it's like a kid wearing a nirvana shirt and they play them nirvana and they're like what is this you know mm-hmm. but there's also the b side of like you know i think about like all the kids that are like getting into the weirdest nichest shit and there's nobody telling them that they like can't like this thing and also like this thing like 
the younger generation and the way they're going to make music. Like, I'm kind of envious. that's enticing. I'm kind of envious of it because there is like this freedom. I listened to something recently. I was talking about the psychology of like the last 10 years of like kids, because when we were younger in high school, there were restrictions. We felt like you couldn't, if you were going to be like, if in high school, every person's trying to make friends, they're trying to feel like they're a part of something, whether or not it's niche or mainstream. And Mm -hmm. now everybody's a part of everything. So people that used to like people that would normally kind of like be cool or not be cool can be cool in a very specific thing. Like, yep. like it's like when I was in high school, my first year in high school, I was into anime. Nobody liked anime. I was people made fun of me for watching anime. No, everybody likes anime. Now everybody likes anime. It's not even cool to like anime. That's just like if somebody you could have a casual conversation. They're like, hey, did you catch? Akira on Netflix that one time, or did you like watch the new season of this? And it's like, it's, I wish that was like around when I was in high school where I can yeah, totally. conversate about it with everybody, but the times have changed and it'll continue yep. to process like that. And something new will come along. But one thing I find really interesting is that there's complete freedom of anything. It's like, you can be like, for example, I've noticed this, like, obviously, you probably noticed this, too, as well. Sorry, my brain, I'm trying to, I have, like, so many yeah, thoughts yeah, going through my head, and I'm all over the place. But, like, there's one thing I've noticed is, like, watching these younger kids dress like they're from 1997. And, like, they got the baggy pants, they got the parted hair. Yeah. Like, I was seven years old around that time, but my brother and sister were, like, 14, 15, you know? So, they're yeah. listening to, like, uh, I can't, like, certain band. They're, like, Weezer. Everybody's dressing like Weezer. They're doing that. And listening, watching them do this, and then go perform classic rock. Like, I, I, it's it's a weird thing to witness when you see young kids dressed like they're in the 90s. But yeah, then, wearing, like, champion sweaters. Wearing and, like, champion sweaters, baggy pants. Yeah. Uh, they got the part down the middle. Everybody looks, like, genuinely ambiguous. And, but then they're playing, like, crazy classic rock music. Or, like, there was this band. Uh, called the Departures. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. The Departures. Look, you should look them up when you have a chance. They're they're abandoned. Yeah, Portland. Absolutely. So uh, so there's like these bands that I've got. I've become friends with. Uh, Los Gandos is a local band. Um, Palomino Joyride, The Max. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, mm. They're like these young kids that are like fresh out of high school. They're probably 19, 20 years old, and they have like this the style of like, they look like they dress from the nineties with a mix of like sixties and seventies genre, like clothing. Yep. It's, a, it's a fusion of the classic and new, but then when they play their music, they are so good that they play like Zeppelin style level rock. Look up the max dude. Like when you have a chance, listen the to their newest okay. album, Daji bond. These guys are amazing. Shout yeah, out. I'm going to have a homework list. Yeah. I'm stoked. I, I try to only give people like a couple bands because I feel like yeah. if I overload them, they'll just be like, I don't, I don't want to check it out. But yeah, I recommend five. When, I can't remember <laughs> when you have the time. Check them out, dude. I, you Absolutely. won't regret it. Um, and so there's just like kids are so because there's so much access to things. These kids are so good at music. Like yeah. we didn't have YouTube videos for the young portion of our life. If we wanted to learn an instrument we had to go get taught it or teach it ourselves i mean everything i learned musically is from the internet yeah like i just sat on youtube and watched other people play guitar or like you know whatever it was like all my access came from i was joking about youtube university 
I love YouTube University, though. It's the only yeah. university that accepted me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, like, you know, and there was a period like that's why like in the let's say like 1999, you know, you had America's Funniest Home Videos was big. And it was interesting to see a five year old jam out on the drums and you'd be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Oh, and, then, and now there's like millions. Now there's millions. Yeah, they used to be primarily like Chinese and Korean. And and, yeah, and now they're fucking killing it. They're playing like they're playing like like classic style, classic song style like drums, and they're killer at it. They're professional drummers at six. And yeah, there was that one kid that was a, uh, I think like five or six, and he was from the UK. Oh, super big Slipknot head. Yeah. Yeah, and they brought him on to play a Slipknot song on like the Ellen Show, and got him like a custom Slipknot snare, and now he like tours around and like plays drums for people and shit. That sounds like pro- the dream of that as a child. He's probably like eight. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna already probably like <laughs> he's gonna retire at like fourteen. And, yeah, like, he's gonna he's gonna have like residuals like in fucking royalties by the time he's like sixteen. Yeah. But that's the thing yeah. though. That's the one thing I really love about music is that mu- I like acting. Like acting, you could be a great actor and not be big or not get yeah. famous or even Absolutely. given a chance. Music as long as I feel like there's a sense of originality to it, as long as you are true to yourself and you cut and and try to create something, people will find it. People will support it. And it's kind of like it will it will flourish no matter what. I feel like that's the benefit of music is that there will be somebody that sees what you're trying to do. And it's hard to do that with any other form of artwork. Yeah. And because you could be a great I, art, uh, painter or artist and people might never see your stuff, you know? Yeah. I always like try to live by the rule of like, you don't have to be the best. It just has to be different. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's confusing to some people. Cause I mean, I, do you ever try to, you ever tell yourself like to, when you're thinking, when you're in the studio and you're writing a song and you're like, I want to, you know, you're obviously going to do what you know and what you like to your own personal interest and what you're trying to give off to the fans. So they enjoy it. But it's definitely like a catch-22 now. It's like, because you want to give people what they want. But, yeah. but you also want to stay original. And that kind of opens up this opportunity to, to challenge yourself. And I feel like the one thing that young people, especially young musicians, are, are facing is a challenge. And that's why we're getting good music. Because yeah. people are rising above those challenges. Like, we've faced so many challenges lately that this young generation fa- takes this shit head on, dude. Like, I used to complain... And think like, oh, this generation is soft. It's the complete opposite. This generation actually can process things. And Dude, my first memory of the world, yeah, nine eleven. Mm-hmm. My first memories of my actual family going through anything, the recession. You yep. know what I mean? Like the Gen Z in like back, like had not known a world pre the worst things that have happened to yeah. America in like a hundred years. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's like, being televised to you on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, like, quite literally, like, you know, every four years of my life, at least, there has been something absurd going on. So everybody that's in my age group, you know what I mean? There is, like, you know, I even just listen to people talk about, like, a pre-9-11 America. I don't remember what, it. I don't have really a memory of that feeling. A, a lot of people talk about it just, like, you know, it's not like it was amazing. You know what I mean? But there was like a different sort of not innocence, but like less impending doom of everything 
and there the was time. there was kind of an innocence because that was like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera in sync times. Sugary like, pop, sugary pop. If you caught some side boob, you're like, oh my god. Like, and then they talked about it on MTV. Like, did you see Britney Spears' side boob on her music video? Isn't that some like controversial shit? Yeah, very very <laughs> different. And now it's like you know you think about like I think about my younger brother being like he's about to turn eighteen. You know what I mean? Good time and like what he has experienced in his young life. You know what I mean? Trauma, trauma. Yeah, like just like you know crazy things. So it's just like yeah, I think the younger generation gets a bad rap. It it's does. Like, I, I, why do Why do you think they want to complain all the time? Because she has always sucked for them. I get it. And we want to complain yeah. about them complaining. Yeah, exactly. so like we've been through it with the same thing just longer. So we're like, you don't have the right to complain. You don't have the right. You don't deserve it yet. I just saw something that was pretty funny, but it was like, you know, people complaining about kids getting participation trophies. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the kids didn't give themselves those trophies. They didn't. They the, didn't ask for this, it. It just happened. The same people in the generation bitching about it yeah. are the people who complain about their kids not getting a trophy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the kids. It's, it's like no, it's the parents who had the kids who were bitching about the the kids getting participation trophies because it yeah. was. It's it's one of those things that's just a topic to create discussion that people love to argue. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that was a fun argument for a while because yeah. I, I I think if I played basketball in school and I think if I if somebody gave me a participation trophy, I would have probably gotten mad just because yeah, of like, like I didn't even earn this. I didn't earn Who this. Cares? And then I, I and then plus like I'm like the type of person like now I'm an old man. I'm 32. You know, my knees aren't what they used to be. So <laughs> my type of basketball is like 24 hour fitness hooping, you know, yeah. and I, it really like drives me crazy when you're at the gym because I, I mean I'm five foot six I'm a short white guy I'm decently good at basketball for my height like I've 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 like almost gotten to college basketball but not I'm I'm like that slightly in my twenties I was a slightly above average short basketball player which is really okay. nothing right it's really nothing <laughs> I just I just played a lot of basketball because I had a lot of free time but and it really bothered me when team people would stack teams right they're like or tell me like. When they're picking teams, like, oh, we got all the good guys in our team. Do you guys want us to like switch things around? And I'd be like, no, no, no. Things are set now. Okay, you guys wanted this. You wanted this. I've never been so motivated to win because I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you let think me that suffer. We, let, let me, me suffer. suffer to win. But you, I'll suffer to win. I'll take an elbow to the head. I don't care if we're five foot eight and you guys are six foot five. I'm gonna try to win because if I do, it's gonna be that much rewarding. And I won't even have to say anything to rub it in their face. I just don't like, I don't like being slighted or disrespected to think that like, oh, I'm incapable of doing something because it's more of like, oh, now let me show you, you know? Yeah. And that, that kind of mindset motivates me a lot. It's not the healthiest mindset, you know, if anything, sometimes I feel like I can be overly competitive, but like. That's but a lot of great art has been birthed from that same exact thing. Exactly. You know I mean? It's like, dude, I, I had this experience recently. Uh, I went to a Mac show, and there's this local band called Ogre. I don't know if you've heard of them. You, you should check them out as well. This, okay, two bands I recommend, guys. Ogre and the Max. Okay? Ogre and the Max. You guys need to follow them on Instagram. They got amazing fucking music. And they're characters, too. You'll, you'll see. Love it. And uh, I went to, their, uh, went to a Mac show, and they were opening up for the Max. And it was at uh, the six the midnight cool. uh, yeah and um so ogre's opening up and i had no idea who they were but there was this 
kind of, you know, like when the bands in the back come out to witness them play. Yeah. So there's already this energy. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, they look like they're about to be evaluated. Like, like they know what's going to happen. They know what's going to happen. And I'm like, me and my wife, everything, all these experiences happen to me when I'm like super smashed. Right. So it's yeah. like, I'm sitting there like two whiskeys in and I'm like, Oh, something's about to go down. Yeah, I can feel it changing. This is this, this is changing. Everybody's getting quiet. The energy is rising. I'm about to witness like a like some, and all of a sudden they're a three piece band. So they got uh, Ace and Nils. Nils on the drums. This guy is an amazing drummer and sings at the same time. Then you got uh, Ace on the bass, and who's kind of like you know, kind of like they're very metal. Very yeah. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a lot of that sound and. Dude, they were so loud and entertaining and fucking energetic, monstrous fucking electrical, like, bass playing and drums. And everybody was just like, I was like, now I see what, they, I, 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 I didn't see this coming. Everybody else did. Because, like, but, like, that experience, when you're sitting there and you're about to witness something, like, I feel like Portland right now is going through this, like, like, involved kind of like metaphysical evolution of like everybody wants to be there in person and witness the yeah. music. And I don't know if we're getting this other places. I know Europe's going through, like I talked to Soren a lot about it. And like, she tells me about like, like what she's experiencing living in the UK and like what she's like listening to. And, uh, but like, it's a great fucking time for music dog. It's a great time. It's yeah. It's pretty bizarre. Honestly, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I've been like, you know, disappointed in some regards and like happily surprised in others. It's like been like yeah, you need both. You need both. Absolutely. Like anything peaks and valleys. It's got to be peaks and valleys. Anything yeah. that's gonna any when you have a time where there's like amazing shit, there's gonna be the worst stuff on the opposite. People yeah, are gonna absolutely. be swinging for the fences, you know. Yeah. But like with 2023 just starting, where where do you? What are your plans for the year? Like, what are you hoping to get out of 2023? Well, I guess I'll like, it's a little sneaky, but uh, I'm announcing like what feels like my first debut full album in probably like two weeks. Hell, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, do, you have, uh, like, do you have like a specific date or is it kind of like you'll find out more details soon? Uh, yeah, the announcement's coming in about two weeks and then all the details we packed in there, but. I'm Hell just yeah. wrapping the little bows on everything and getting everything ready to go. That's exciting, so, dude. Yeah. How do, how do you feel about it? Like, what, at, since you got everything wrapped up, you got your music done, like, where's your mind now? It's very bizarre, honestly. Uh, you know, my new album is like so personal to me. Mm -hmm. um, I started it like right before the pandemic, you know. And then it was Hell, like, I'm yeah. going to finish it and drop it in 2020. And obviously that did not happen as it didn't happen for a lot of people. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like kind of interested to see. I'm kind of laying the groundwork to do whatever I want sonically. Yeah. Like that's kind of the idea. So I'm kind of at this place where I can like, I feel like for the last year and a half, I haven't been able to think about writing new music too much. Then I'm like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a freedom. To. Yeah, like, oh, this will be done. You know, all the weight, uh, everything's behind now. 
I it's just kind of like waiting for like I guess how you say like the reception like you're like yeah at the, at the point that doesn't really matter because you want people to like it of course and to listen to it and they will but like you probably are just like okay let's just just have this finished so I can move on yeah that's like, exactly where I'm at go into the next stage yeah I'm definitely on the logistics side of it too yeah which is you know rough but uh also kind of amazing because you know the last like four months has just been like album art merch designs making music videos a lot like of work a lot of artistic expression going into those things they're not so like autopilot you know but now it's like i'm just sending emails all the damn time and like constantly talking to people and just lining everything up so it's now like I'm in the space where it's like i don't have to emotionally yeah you know separate I mean? from that i was about to say that i was like now it's about business yeah exactly you know i just, just realized i really I need to fuck. I envy your hair because now I feel like I'm turning into like a Cheech Marin, bread inbred Jack Black looking motherfucker. Like, but but like my wife is over here just looking at me and I'm just like, God, I need hair. Dude, but, I, I was <laughs> I was just like you. I was, but I was like shaved head by choice from 19 until I was 23. Same. Same. I went through a stage and, where, I was like, I was shaving my head, then it grew because I have really curly, really, really curly hair. Like it grows out borderline afro-ish. It's hilarious. And then I started, like, you know, combing it back, letting it grow. I had long hair down on my shoulders, and then I shaved it all off again impulsively. And then I think ever since twenty six, twenty seven, it's gradually been going. And now I just shave it because it is a thin. So fucking my mop. dad told me 27 is when he started losing his i think life dude so i only grew this because i was like i know it's coming appreciate appreciate the hair man i tell everybody enjoy it take care of it you know moisturize it condition it and make it smell good feel good sorry i know it's coming no but (laughs) yeah no i shaved head guy for a lot of years like six years probably and the, then, opposite, uh, the weird thing is, though, as soon as my head hair started going, my beard started growing. Like, I used to have, like, a very thin beard. Like, and th- this is the shortest it's been in a while. I actually just shaved it, like, a few weeks ago. This shit was huge. And, like, so my beard is, has grown exponentially at a pace. Like, if I shave my entire face clean, it can grow to a full beard in, like, less than a month. Like it's a continue. It's crazy. It's like all of a sudden, it's like oh, we're gonna switch things up a little bit, man. Yeah, it's like we don't have to focus on all this anymore. Yeah, let's try something new. Okay, you've been yeah. fucking obsessed with your hair forever. Let's obsessed with your fucking stash or something. Yeah, but yeah, I'm uh, hoping it comes. But dude, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me. Yeah, absolutely. You're a no fucking problem, gem. Man. Like I, I, I have no problem calling another man a gem because you're a gem. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, man. Fuck, dude. Like one of these days, we gotta go get some lunch or something. You say you live in Portland, right? Yep, I do. I live in Northeast. I'm, I'm right over the bridge, about... over the I-5 bridge. My house is literally the first exit across the I-5 bridge. So one of these days oh, we should get together awesome. and get some food. It'd be cool to chip. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I need to go over there and get some Nanavo pizza. Hell yeah, Nanavo. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah, Joey's seen the place to be. That's my Hell, man. Hell yeah, dude. That's, that place is good. I got recommended by your friend to go there. I had no idea that place. I'm not, like, Vancouver's got some like underground shit here. Like It's dude. a very... Suburban downtown place. food scene it's growing is it's pretty crazy well you think about all the people who can't afford to get leases in portland exactly so amazing chefs exactly yeah uh I there's could, a georgian place yeah yeah uh, uh 
Can't remember the name of it. But I actually, it's, I, I, I just talked to somebody. And all that stuff. Yeah, I just talked to somebody yep. who went there, and they recommended. They're like, dude, it's so fucking good, and it's not expensive. No, the Georgian place in Nanavo, like, mm-hmm. man, I cannot say enough good things. Like, I'm gonna tag them because I'm trying. I try to help local businesses. I have friends that own local yeah. business. Guys, we enjoy your shit. Yeah, shouts out to Nava. Well, Yosef, I appreciate you talking to me, dude. Is there, besides, you know, with your new album coming out soon, like, is there anything else you'd like to promote? Uh, I'm going on tour. What's the day right now? I go on tour in like 20 something days. Ooh. But I'm touring uh, most of the Midwest, most of the East Coast for all of March. So, yeah. Yeah, with my friends in Black Magnet, who are a scary industrial band, but it's gonna be fun. Black Magnet, I'm gonna check them out. Yeah, it's it's sick. It's kind of got like an old school industrial flavor to it. But. Dude, the industrial vibe is amazing. Like, like it just it reminds me. This might because like I'm not too familiar with it, but it reminds yeah. me of like I guess I'm not, I don't even I don't don't take this the wrong way or think it's insulting because <laughs> it's not, but it does remind me of like the early 2000s, like dance like club metal Absolutely. music kind of like well, that i mean so you have to think about like uh i guess my last sentiment will be that like the popularization of that into mainstream culture in the early 2000s yeah that's basically the commercialization of the original industrial and like electronic scene so like you know the prodigy and like chemical brothers and like uh crystal method all those like crazy really really famous electronic groups those so are the ones get, i'm aware of yeah yeah so like i love the prodigy i love all of those bands but those are also like born out of the underground uh-huh. and then to the point where then it was then commercialized so then like the prodigy is in the matrix yeah you know yeah making music and then everybody's like oh well if we do like a little drum and bass break with like a little synth over it it gives it an action vibe. So by the early 2000s, you know what I mean? It's like kind of this whole other commercialized thing. Yeah. Which is why it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like in my head for me being young, like uh, that sort of thing is like those early 2000s action movies and me watching those as a kid. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what my reference to it was. And, but me being kind of naive to like, you know, the originality of it in the beginning of industrial music, I didn't want to make that, kind of assumption without like being cleared or like understanding like like where it came from so like because that was like yeah. my point of reference it was absolutely like, yeah that was, was the, that's the pop Brothers culture the right? yeah okay well, like would you recommend like i like to ask somebody and this is the last thing i will end on this cool but i ask every person this i call it feeling alive or 1975 right so what is your opinion of the band the 1975 uh, some people just, aren't aware of them, or some people don't like them, or some. I just like me and my friend Jonah made this thing because he's a huge 1975 fan, but he's the type yeah. of guy that you don't think would like the 1975. Yeah, totally, there's a lot of those. Yeah, and it's become a thing where I talk to people because I want to find out, like, if a musician is like a country star or like a country musician, like likes the 1975. I want to yeah. see where the 1975 stand in every genre of music. Yeah, so for me, my girlfriend was 17 when they came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was prime time music for her. Oh, yeah. It's like love songs by some British dude. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's it's made perfectly. It's perfectly made for the, teenage love. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I've definitely listened to them quite a bit. Uh, 
I think their singer is just like so much. I can't, I, I, just, I, I feel like he's, I, I, I hope the guy doesn't do anything stupid or like, he seems like he's a live wire of a human being. Let's just say that. Yeah, like he, he seems, seems like he's riding the line right now. Yeah. Like, like he, he feels himself, but it's kind of ego driven. Like, absolutely. I, I watched it because they were just here in Portland. And so a lot of people were posting videos. I was like, when you start dressing like the lead singer of the Arctic Monkeys and you start like wearing like open chested button up like suede suits, I'm like, you're feeling yourself a little bit too much. Like you're having you're getting too much pussy and too much of whatever you want. Yeah, I, I watched the Zane Lowe interview with him. And I was like, this guy feels like uh, like reality TV to me. Yeah. Where, like, I don't necessarily, like, he's very entertaining to watch. So if I was in person with him, I would love to watch him talk. Yeah. But I want no part in that conversation. I think I like, probably would get really annoyed. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, yeah. probably a very intelligent, like, musically intelligent or intelligent man. But he's highly successful. And usually when you reach when you're kind of propelled into this level of success by like, especially because they've done international tours, they're world, a world renowned known band. Yeah. Some people compare them as the modern Beatles. I'm like, we're not going there. Not yet. No, 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 no. no. He doesn't, deserve, doesn't deserve that title yet. No, no. he still got about Paul McCartney is still alive and pushing it like 80. You're, you did, you know, and yeah. so like, but I feel like you can get into this weird zone where you can be like, be, you're being told you're great in every aspect. And I always tie to one particular body movement. It's like when you start flicking your hair a lot, yeah. like when you start going like that and you start messing with your hair, like if you change your hairstyle five times during a live performance, there you're on the verge. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're loving you're, yourself a lot. You're yeah. in five different people at once while yeah. on that stage. That's a t- yeah. I'm telling you, if you ever watch it, if you want to see if somebody is safe to be around, see how much they play with their hair. Yeah. But not because like it's let's say like if you have long hair, you're naturally putting it back. It gets in your face. I get it. But yeah. like witness some if when you witness somebody change their hair in multiple different directions and They're be aware be of themselves superstar. doing it. There's <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with them. Like there's something yeah. in their hair because they're like they're like, I'm, oh, I'm not this guy anymore. Let me readjust. I would say uh, I'm neutral to the 1975. I like that take. Yeah, I would say I'm, that's where fine. that's where I'm at. I'm neutral on the 1975. Sometimes though, that. he does some vocal performances though. I'm like, please shut up, man. Yeah, yeah. like you're just, uh, like you're just whiny and you're crying. You seem like you're like people are listening chocolate to this song. Just you know that chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that exact vocal line. Every time it plays, I have to say it out loud and make fun of him. I'm like, yeah. is he thinking about shit? Like, is that what he's yeah. saying? Does I talk that? Like. <laughs> Yeah, but. He, uh, what's his name? Maddie Healy. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Maddie Healy. You're you're an interesting fellow to where you will be a permanent segment on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Until the end of time. And Joseph, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you, dude. Like, I you yeah, no problem, man. I've learned so much. I've learned so much. And if you have recommendations, feel free to send them to me because I'm yeah. I, I, I'm really trying to understand, like, and kind of get get more into the layers of that st- genre of music, just so I can understand it. You know, you like documentaries, yes. Yep. All right, I'm gonna send you a link. 
please do. Please do. Yeah. There's because the one specific one that is like, it'll give you all the groundwork. And then from there, it's all just self, all discovery on your own. Hell yeah. It's dude. Awesome. Thank yep. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And guys, and guys, remember to follow the wild weird on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, if you have any suggestions of people you'd like me to talk to bands, you recommend music that you've listened to, um, send it over to the wild weirdness at gmail.com. Um, remember to follow King Yosef on Instagram. Check out his music. Uh, check out his albums. The dude's an amazing artist, amazing dude, super conversational down to earth, dude who fucking rocks. Thank you, Yosef. It's a fucking honor, dude. I appreciate you. And, uh, I hope you have a good day. And to yeah, recap, we'll meet up it, for some some pizza soon. Please, that'd be great. 